0: You're listening to Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone.
1: What's going on guys? Greg here and this is the very first episode of Know Your Rights and I'm sitting here with Ellen Firestone. Ellen, how are you doing today?
0: Doing great, Greg. Happy to be here. Now,
1: Ellen is the Chief Operating and Service Officer for Simon I Associates. She's really taken service to heart and has recently received the President's Volunteer Service Award for Human Rights Education. Tell us a little bit about how you got into human rights education.
0: Well, it was about 10 years ago. My son was actually invited to a Youth for Human Rights rights international summit was held at UCLA in Los Angeles. And uh, he said to me, I'll go if you go. So that's kind of how it all started. And uh, we went to our first summit and it was phenomenal. I learned so much and uh, really was sitting there one day thinking, wow, this uh, universal declaration of human rights is so important. And, you know, I had never heard of it before. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, people should really know about this. When I went home, I started talking to people about it and it took off from there.
1: And it's crazy. You know, when we first sat down, and you described that there are 30 human rights, 30. Uh, That's right. I had no idea, and you told me that's very common.
0: Yes, it is. Actually, um, most times when I do a workshop or talk to people about it, I will even ask, you know, how many people have ever heard of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and many times people had not. And, you know, then when I ask how many rights do we have and I say 30, they're like, wow, what are they? Make, you know, gets people interested in to know what they are.
1: And when you first started, when you went to your very first summit, uh, mm-hmm. can you kind of describe that, what you were expecting compared to what the summit was actually like?
0: I don't know what I was expecting at that point, but I was really surprised at the different human rights and more so hearing about the different violations that were happening at that time because they sounded, some of them, so barbaric, you know, that human beings would be doing these kinds of things to other human beings. And I was pretty naive. I think I I grew up in a small town and and didn't know these kinds of things were happening. And and I thought, wow, like someone needs to do something about it.
1: And when you say we need to do something about it, it's not that— People feel like they necessarily need to do something about it here in the United States. It's almost like we feel like we need to go help other places.
0: Exactly. A lot of times people think, oh, human rights, that's for other countries. It's, you know, our country. We have human rights here. But then you learn about there there are different human rights violations going on right here, including something like human trafficking, which is very shocking uh, to most unble- people.
1: Unbelievably shocking, honestly, mm-hmm. because most people would never assume that human trafficking is an issue here in the United States. Correct. So to to hear the actual details and everything. And, And we have a lot to unpack in this podcast series. Like I said, 30 different human rights and, you know, knowing what they are and, you know, what your rights are as a person.
0: Exactly. So
1: when you do your workshops, how many rights do people know that they have?
0: Well, many times people could name maybe three, five uh, that's that's usually about it freedom of thought or we are all born free and equal those kinds of rights the right to education sometimes um, but then when we get into all of the rights a lot of times I do ask them which one most surprised you and uh, You know get various answers a lot of times marriage and family that's a human right and people are surprised that, that that's a human right or um, There is one in the declaration about everyone has the right to rest and leisure including reasonable limitation of working hours and periodic holidays. For the, the children, we, we translate that to the right to play. And of course they love that one. But most times it's it's very you know that is surprising.
1: And And something that jumped out to me when I first went through uh, the rights is the right to responsibility.
0: That's actually one of my favorites um, because the, the you know you have a right to take responsibility and help your communities and, and the world. And it's, it's actually something that that's very needed. I mean one of my one of my goals is to get a lot of people into action you know around these rights. First of all, knowing them, And then going out and doing something about them to protect them for themselves and others.
1: And when you're doing your your workshops and your classes and you have a a bunch of curious faces in front of you, do you run into a lot of issues going through the rights where people are confused that that's a right or don't really understand?
0: No, not really. I think that the document was so well put together. Um, I don't know if you know, but Eleanor Roosevelt was the main architect of the document. You know, the member countries of the UN at that time put a lot of thought into it and looked at things of, you know, how best can we get along as humankind.
1: And that goes right into, you know, the history of where these rights come from, and it's a deep-rooted history. But when we're discussing these rights, the relevance of the rights, it's mm-hmm. they're just as relevant now as they always were.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And and a lot of times too in in the workshops I'll I'll ask students or or even teachers near the end like what what do you think the world might be like if we had been educating people about this document For the past 70 years, how would we be treating each other today? Like at least, you know, people would be educated knowing that we're all human and we all have these rights.
1: Once you once you go through this podcast, it's easy to get on board with a lot of them. It, like you said, it's very straightforward. It's not like you're going to hear a right like I don't know about that one. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I feel like everyone's kind of understands these rights. And like you mm-hmm. said, the ability to teach them not only now but at a young age and instill them in our in our schools could go a very long way.
0: Definitely, uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is the 70th anniversary of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Uh, which was adopted on December 10th in 1948. And at that time, the General Assembly of the UN asked that the declaration be disseminated and displayed principally in schools and other educational institutions because that was the idea of how this word would get out of how best we can get along and, and have a better world.
1: And when you are doing your workshops, is it mainly schools?
0: Actually, it's it's schools, churches, um, spoken at the National Constitution Center, the UN itself, uh, universities. You know, basically anywhere, anyone will listen. Yes, you know, I'll, I'll yes. talk about it.
1: It just gets you thinking, and I have I have to ask this question: Is how do you teach people about human rights?
0: Well, I've been using the the educational materials from um, both Youth for Human Rights and United for Human Rights, depending on the, the age of the audience. Um, and they put together just an educational kit that makes it very, very easy to get people the information about what what the human rights are. And you know, there's there's a whole lesson plan in order that you can follow, or you know, make up your own. You use it as a guide to and be creative on on how to get the message
1: across. All ages need to know
0: all ages yes of course we want young people to know the students in the schools but human rights are for everyone every man woman and child
1: and we got the we got the how you teach it but now why why do they need to know
0: well if you don't know your rights there's no way you could do anything about them and you know people every day probably see violations all around them not realizing that there is a human right that addresses that and if people knew first of all maybe it wouldn't be happening but secondly others then could also take action because they're they're realizing we are all human and we all have these rights
1: and it's important to make the distinction when we're talking about this that it's not that police aren't enforcing Human rights.
0: Correct. Um, The the universal declaration of human rights itself is not backed by law. I mean, there are laws written around some of the rights, but the the entire document itself is not. Backed by law. Right.
1: And this is where the United Nations Association comes in.
0: Well, it's definitely part of their purpose is support the United Nations goals, one of which is this document – And uh, the UNA uh, can work with their senators and congressmen in the countries to um, do things like ask them to, to get human rights education into the schools or to at least support human rights education throughout the country in some way.
1: And you've had experience meeting with state city representatives talking about this.
0: Yes. So uh, very recently I met with the the mayor of Wilmington and, you know, told him about some of the things that I was doing because, of course, we'd like to get things going right here. Uh, And when I was in Washington in April uh, for the, the award at the Youth for Human Rights Regional Summit, I did meet with staff from some of the senators' offices and talked to them about the importance of human rights education. And, you know, they asked, what do you want us to pass on to the senator or whatever? And, of course, I said, well, it would be great if we could get the human rights education into the curriculum in schools in the United States. Um, the other thing that's very important, obviously, too, is are the issues around human trafficking. And the um, the president did sign in April... The allow states and victims of sex trafficking to fight online sex trafficking act, which is really great. And also the Justice Department um, took actions to close down Backpage.com. However, a lot more still needs to be done to protect our youth.
1: And you mentioned the president. Is the president the only one who can do something about it?
0: No um you know like like we had talked about earlier uh, there is even a human right it's article 29 on responsibility and it really is all of us you know not even just in this country but around the world uh, we all need to take responsibility for these rights for ourselves and and each other and through responsibility We'll create a better world.
1: So that is a great point. This is a very important document, not just for the United States, but for the entire world. Have you done anything internationally?
0: Yes, actually, about seven years ago, I met a teacher uh, from the Philippines, and she was doing similar work in her country. And uh, we became good friends and created a campaign that we called United for Human Rights Philippines. Uh, Her name's Teacher Sam and uh, also a person who worked closely with her, Tokoya Delina, who I still work with today. Our goal is making human rights a fact from Philadelphia to the Philippines and everywhere in between, and that's how we came up with the Philippines.
1: I can see why you've been elected to the National Council of the United Nations Association of the United States of America, and I'd like to go back to how I introduced you about how you received the President's Volunteer Service Award. Um, I'd like you to tell us a little more about that award.
0: Well, the President's Volunteer Service Award uh, was started in 2003 as a way to thank and honor Americans who inspired others to engage in volunteer service and really ties it all back to the workshop that, that I had started a few years ago, Human Rights from Education to Action, What I thought was important is, yes, definitely, I want people to know their rights, and maybe more importantly is to get into action and do something about them for themselves and others.
1: You say get into action, but there's 30 human rights, so which right do you get into action with?
0: Well, that is a great question, And and it actually is one of the questions that I ask to participants in the workshop. After they learn their 30 human rights, I get them to look at which ones do they feel most strongly about. Uh, Because there's usually at least one that gets your attention or grabs your heart that you want to do something about. And then once you know that, there's all kinds of nonprofits and non-governmental organizations out there that are probably doing something about it. And you can just get, you know, get involved with them.
1: And what rights would you say you feel most strongly about?
0: Well, all of them are important and many are interrelated You know, we talked a lot about um, the right to responsibility already. So I, I obviously feel strongly about that one. Article number four is no slavery. And, you know, today we still have human trafficking going on. And I do feel strongly about that. We do something about it and we do something fast. Um, And then the other one that I really feel strongly about and I love is the right to education. And just, you know, from my own life, you know, I've taken education very seriously. I love to learn. And I think it's so important for everyone to have a good quality education. If people are uneducated or illiterate, it makes it difficult to get a job, which would then impact quality of life and also food and shelter and can even impact a democracy. In the Declaration, it says everyone has the right to education. And under that article, uh, there's a part that I I really like. It says, quote, education shall be directed to the full development of the human personality and to the strengthening of respect for human rights and fundamental freedoms. It shall promote understanding, tolerance, and friendship among all nations, racial or religious groups, and shall further the activities of the United Nations for the maintenance of peace, unquote. What if that was actually happening?
1: That is a very powerful question. What if... It was actually happening. And I want to thank you again, Ellen, for doing this podcast series with us. If you want to find out more information, you can check out the description below. And you can also check out a link to get more information about all the 30 human rights. Come back and stay tuned here because we're going to have a lot more in the future. Thank you guys so much for listening.